0: They're going to make great company veteran conversions that Azure can't attach to. everybody, and welcome to StatCheck episode 76. This episode is titled Sorry About the Monolith. Uh, we're going to be talking about a bunch of things worm related, probably something to do with Elvio, something about commiserating about the balance, basically, something continually complaining about Necrons. I'll probably whinge about Indirect Fire. We have a big announcement to make about some new stuff coming out, you know, all the good usual things that you'd expect, plus some actual professionalism from some of our network, which I know will shock most, and if not everybody. With that said, Nathan. Jeremy are joining me today. Uh, Anthony is unfortunately feeling a little bit under the weather and won't be with us. We'll probably also speaking of Jeremy here about the UTC finals a little bit because no, you don't know want to talk about that. You want to talk about it so bad last week. <laughs> okay.
1: Nathan, how have you been? I've been doing great. I painted like 1500 points of Eldar over the weekend. Um, so, like I started painting a little bit, and then I was like, man, I can just keep painting, can't I? And then finished painting 1,500 points of Eldar, basically. So oh, yeah. uh, they're all done and based, ready for an RTT this weekend that I'm bringing triple night spinner to because I'm a terrible human being. Is it a crusade well, I, RTT? It is not. It is just a regular RTT, <laughs> although it has terrain rules that I would call questionable at best. The terrain rules say we are playing player placed. You and your opponent will agree about uh, on the terrain and then play. And that's all that it says at the bottom. Um, so, Triple night Spinner will probably be a little funny because I don't know if I will actually have places to hide anything. But it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything will be fine. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take this army out for one more spin before I just assume GW takes it and like full off punts it into the into the stratosphere we're going to see the
0: rabbit night spinners
1: (laughs) yeah we're actually like if they don't that's fine i've finished painting this army and i will play my this army to my heart's content until they buff Drukari enough that i want to play them maybe both Um, will happen in the same slate hey be. i would take both both is fine if both yeah. happens Yeet one
2: elf codex out the window and another one comes in
0: and then this they'll make the so you can only play Drakari as yunari because the strats are just better and it'll be great <laughs> we're all gonna have a real fun time
1: my favorite part about all of this is that i can just because i own all the elf factions i can just rotate them when one is good and the other is bad i can just rotate to the other one
0: it's nice you can only rotate between two now because Harlequins aren't a real army, but...
1: I mean, that does make me endlessly sad, but they might accidentally buff Harlequins in a similar to Thick City situation with Coven in the Drukari book. And then I can just have the other part of that cycle where I play Harlequins for a while.
2: I don't know. Let's not get carried away.
1: Look, I can dream, Jeremy. I like Actually,
2: the... one of the players at my team event this upcoming weekend is playing Pure Quins.
1: Like, not even a Phoenix Lord? Uh, in, like, the Mike Porter way of playing, let me give back you on that one, but I, I do believe that he isn't <laughs> even
2: bringing,
0: like, somehow he's got Fuego in a night spinner, almost guaranteed.
2: <laughs> I, surprisingly, I don't think so. Hmm. But I will let you know exactly what it is that he brought. Is that me or Jeremy?
1: Uh, I was making. I was going to ask you if it was you as well, or if it was me. But it is guys, just apparently Jeremy having problems. Great,
0: because I'm having a really bad storm right now, so if my internet goes out. Don't be surprised. I don't, I don't think okay. it's going to be, but um, Robo apparently Jeremy is in the building.
1: <laughs> but actually, the third part of that rotation has been replaced by World Eaters, who are currently being painted instead of wow. That like just rubber banded real hard, and we went through like five minutes of Jeremy talking in like five seconds. Um yeah world leaders are now the Harlequin part of that rotation um so one of those three is going to be good right I think that's how that works they play like thick city that's how that's how Turbo got me onto it in the first place that's fair I'll talk a little bit about
0: mine while we give Jeremy a chance to fix any whatever issues is having. um for myself uh, we had our first official like team Scotland meetup. so we did a we or we stole the team Netherlands format and we organized an 8v8 between sort of like um, like half the players on the team and uh half the community team against half the players on the team and half the, and half the community team to try and like get the people in the community interested and help us practice uh so we did two full rounds of like an v 8 scrim which was really awesome doing it in person um i got to play some csm for that so i got to experience what it's like like to cross midfield again after playing uh space marines for like the last two months um oh my god it's so much more fun when you can move models and do things with them as opposed to just being like, so this redemptor is going to sit here and hope it doesn't die, uh, and I'm going to use armoric attempts to try and encourage that. But none of this is none of this is none of this is under my control. Um, so yeah, that was nice. It's definitely encouraged me to have a bit of a rethink about what kind of armies I want to be playing for the rest of the WTC season. Um, other than that, it's been a fairly quiet week on my end. We're just. Basically, all in wait for slate mode, right? So everybody's kind of like, uh, "Can we do a call next week when the slate's out?" And it's like, "Yes, yes, we can." um So a few people who are like bouncing back and forth for events and things like that, which is getting a decent bit in for that. But other than that, it's uh it's building paint models for my GT at the weekend, which I'm probably taking Iron Storm to if this slate doesn't come out by Thursday, and if it does, then we'll see because frankly, it could be anything at that point. I could, you know, I might even take jeans circles. So I'm not into jeans circles. There's no way they gene jeans circle melee to the point where I would enjoy it. Just, you're, you're asking to just be, be sad in that case. Look, if they gave the melee weapons D6 play, D6 plus three attacks like the like the uh the demo charges, I don't even think you'd still play I'd still think you'd play the demo charges. So
2: probably yeah.
0: And they have two attacks. So if that doesn't tell you that melee is never gonna work in GSE, I don't know what does.
2: Oh, never mind. This isn't pure quins. I was lied to. Was what is card. it actually? Oh, I mean there's an autark, a farseer, and a yincon. Everything else is quins.
1: So you know six hundred
2: points of Eldar. <laughs> uh, well, remember the Incarn's only three hundred and fifty. <laughs>
0: yep. And then the Farsiers one. The Autarchs what one forty with the Phoenix gem. And then the no, 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 no. Years...
2: This is this is the this is the Autarch,
0: not the Autarch. Oh, Whaley, no, but this is don't. just a regular? Okay, Autarch. so like five hundred points because they want CP. Yeah, exactly. But they don't even have. Yeah. Ba- if you don't have battling troops, you're not playing Harlequins, as far as I'm concerned. Uh. Their warlord is the autark. Yep, yeah, nope. Yep. If you don't have battling troops, you're not playing harlequins. I do not care what you put on your roster, what you put in, you are playing Eldar, and there is nothing that you can do to convince anyone
2: otherwise. That's reasonable.
0: Can we anyway, talk about the fact reasonable. that Ben Sherwin and Ben, uh, uh sorry, um, Ben Jurek and Matt Shuckman both won best Eldar because apparently Eldar and Asoyani are different factions? <laughs>
1: Eldari and Esriani, yes, they are. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I I, don't understand that. I
0: think they just, it was just which one of them put, one of them put, was, was putting one on their list of one of them was putting the other one.
1: Yep. I mean, they are used to have, they used to have like cult mechanicus in the drop down menu and stuff like they, that from when they, they were still armies, do? right?
0: I'm pretty sure I'm down to Steel Legion for my next tournament. Oh, um, well, yeah. Fun. And then like, of the oh, I, I need
2: to, yell, oh, wrong way. I need to yell at these guys these guys i can point there you go he got it i need to yell at these guys to basically be like can we just have the 26 indexes and that's it please mm. i like being able to select corn demon again what if i was to go and play
0: a seventh edition tournament tomorrow and i couldn't select the list in the drop down menu
1: <laughs> exactly my reaction is what jeremy <laughs> says except i'm gonna add more flair to it in like bicycle um <laughs> jeremy how is oh god <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tenth Luke, but I appreciate the. I, <laughs> I appreciate say, Luke, Luke's trying, okay. That's a really good joke with some editing.
0: Luke's trying as hard as every other faction was at the beginning of ten. Wow, <laughs> I GSC for... we're doing fine. Yeah, until other players figured out the wraith guard were playable, and then it stopped
1: real hard. <laughs> All yeah. right, Jeremy, how was your weekend?
2: My weekend <laughs> was interesting. How was your last um... two weeks? It's been a while. Yeah, so I went to the UTC finals. That was a bit of a shit show, but I have now talked with the UTC organizers because I, okay, I'm going to give a bit of a background for anyone who doesn't know what the UTC is. The UTC is the Unified Tournament Circuit. It is something that Goonhammer and a few other organizations um, put together and launched last spring, I want to say. I think it was April that it kicked off, but it may have been May. Sometime in the spring. The idea behind it is basically as a regional circuit for the northeastern united states as well as eastern canada they're looking to expand it you know basically moving further westward and south um, every year to you know create a bunch of regional circuits within this larger ranking system Um, the idea behind it is not necessarily as a replacement but to i guess enhance the itc would be a way of looking at it Um, the the gist behind it is that it has a very transparent ranking system the the points for the uh yeah thanks to (laughs) him
1: i'll get to that wait to make the joke until i mention what happened i'll hide it for now we'll bring it back up later
2: yeah that'd be perfect so um the idea behind it is that it has a zero to 100 point scale for every single event you can never earn more than 100 points for a scale you get 6.6 events towards your ranking Uh, as the event grows i think we had talked about going to eight or ten events Uh, but the 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 premise behind it is that you know exactly how many points you get into it you can get out and rent going into it and it also doesn't um have the itc formula problem of just incentivizing massive super majors that you play five rounds and get 10 rounds worth of points out of like lvo or lgt or nottingham um so that's that's the the general premise. Um, there is a large group of us that have been working behind the scenes on organizing a lot of this, getting the framework in place, getting the systems in place to be able to automatically record scores. This week, the, the, the brainchild behind it, Little Spoon, nice, um, launched a, a TO website so that we can actually um, just give TOs their logins on Goodhammer's website and they can automatically add their events to it. So there's no like and then an admin will approve it. So it's similar, but also much cleaner than the token system that ITC uses. Um, so right now we have support for Age of Sigmar, Kill Team, and 40K, uh, and other systems will probably be added in the future. Uh, but anyways, so the first season that that happened, um, I finished first in the in, in the in the the seasonal rankings, which was fun and cool. Um, I basically just went to a lot of events and did consistently well at those events. Um, so That led to the finals, because one of the things that the, that the circuit does a little bit differently than things like uh, the ITC is that the finals is, in, is intended to be an invitational, so that the invitational would have the top 32 ranked players be invited, attend, uh, compete, um, and the prizing was quite generous. Uh, if I remember correctly, first place for the 40k event was two and a half thousand dollars US. Um, so anyway, so I decided that I wanted to attend you know, be kind of cool if I could, if I could be the first, you know, in this inaugural season, both finish r- ranked first, as well as win the first Invitational. Uh, so check with the pack orig- ahead of time. And the pack listed that it was going to be um, GW layouts. And so I know how GW layouts work. You play a lot of them on WCW and also play some of it locally and, and in test games with people. So I had a good idea of what my list wanted to be. I brought my Leagues of ten list. I tweaked it slightly from the WTC terrain that I usually play on um, and then when I showed up the terrain was not up to snuff. It was bad. Um, most of the tables were lacking about yeah and as Tim Penny put the unseen terrain circuit. Um, this one particular event was hosted by tables and towers. Um, they hosted three finals on the same weekend which was a bit of a overstretch it would seem. Uh, they ran the AOS finals the kill team finals and the 40k finals um, from talking to the attendees of the AOS and Kill Team finals, they went off without a hitch. They were really quite well run and quite well received. Uh, the 40k one less so. Um, I'm not going to go into the full details of what went wrong, but essentially there was a there were several f- major failures in communication, both between the organizers, the players, the UTC group as a whole, and the person who was supposed to be running the tournament on the ground. Um, that resulted in the event not going in a great way and there being a lot of things that needed to be done last minute. I will say, and this is one of the, this is kind of the good thing out of this, is through talking with the Goonhammer crew that was on the ground there, they did everything in their power to try to make things better. Uh, Shane Watts stepped up and judged the event. Uh, Norman, I can't remember his last name and I apologize. I just know him as Mild Norman on on, uh, Discord, um, picked up uh, and did all the paint judging for the weekend. Uh, They were just wonderful to be around, wonderful to hang out with. Uh, And talking to them and talking to a bunch of the other Goonhammer guys and other UTC guys, we've now got a better plan for future years. It's just really unfortunate that the first year was as poorly executed as it was. Um, I did not have a good weekend. I came back in a very bad headspace. It was actually the very first time that I've ever gone negative at a GT. I finished two and three, which Happens, um, yeah. So that that was that was the UTC. It was not a great event. It was not a great time. But I think good things will come out of it. Um, one of the biggest decisions that came out of it is that most likely what we're going to do going forward is that the finals will be hosted by three different locations: one for Kilti, one for AOS, and one for Forty K, so as to not put that kind of burden on a lo- on a single location uh, at the same time of year. Uh, also, traveling to Maryland in January is just unpleasant. Fair. Uh, yeah, and then this past weekend it was Elvio. Um, so for those of you that listen to us regularly, you know that originally I was supposed to be on the ground at Elvio. I was supposed to be one of the um, one of the judges helping out uh, Danny Reese, Adam Solis, and them uh, for the event. Uh, unfortunately, because I've been having a lot of health issues over the last few months, back in uh, <laughs> December I had to withdraw and basically tell them that I wasn't going to make the trip. Uh, Brian Maryland did everything wrong. God's fucked up
1: whole country. <laughs> Look, you don't have to just pin it all on the United States. Only good sure. thing to ever glad know, no, no. Maryland. I'm talking about God's you. country, Maryland. Oh, oh, fair. I mean, wouldn't be the only time that the United States has been referred to that way. So hey, the only hey, good hey, things hey, hey. about Maryland are I civilization. I didn't say anything
2: flag. bad about Hawaii. I am sure that it is a lovely place
1: for colonizers. Oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> More on that on another day, where we explain why Hawaii is <laughs> well, on our
0: uh, on history check. The, the, the episode <laughs> podcast that we're releasing all about colonial crimes. Um, we'll be starting with Canada, of course. Uh, we never did it.
1: It was just done we're not going to, we're not going to talk about <laughs> all the disappeared Native American people in Canada. No sir, uh, dizzy. we're Good not going to talk British, about. I don't it have a little. light to stand on here.
0: Let's move on. I just got it. <laughs> let's, you're
1: fine, right? Let's
0: get, let's keep
2: I'm, going. We're getting, we're getting down. <laughs> all right. Anyways, so for LVO, <laughs> what ended up coming out of it, Brian, I blame you for that distraction. Um, I decided to um, I was still going to help out, and so I helped prepare the. Review and prepare as many of the answers as possible to the FAQ. So if people were sending questions in via email or via the the sheet that, that uh, Frontline was using, um, I was usually the one responding to those or at the very least passing through and checking them to make sure that they are, you know, as correct as they can be because there's obviously still some stuff in the game that's a little uncertain as to how it's supposed to be done
0: nobody knows how damage reduction effect or how um ignore modifiers effects work anymore i i simply refuse to acknowledge
2: that anybody knows what's actually I, i'm hoping that we there. just get an update from gw sometime in the next whenever that just says here this is what this means because that'd be good. that'd be lovely
0: but... that would require games workshop to know and like i said i don't think anybody knows how those effects are meant to
2: work they write the game they can say whatever it is we could disagree whether they're right or wrong but they could be like this is what we meant this is how it's supposed to be played unfair. Um, You can always do that. Yeah, so I I did a lot of that. And then going into the weekend, I basically booked up the weekend and moved my schedule to basically be on uh, Pacific Coast time, which was an experience. Um, Waking up at 10 in the morning and going to bed at 3 a.m. Just so that I could be present. Uh, I was answering questions to the judge chat. And then I was just watching all the streams because it's fun to watch streams. Um, Yeah, so it was my weekend. Uh, It was... Yeah, it was good. It was interesting watching all the games. Um, I had a lot of feedback for the for the FLG team on things that we could do better in future years, because since I was working alongside them, I'm hoping that they listen. Hashtag we baton. don't know is true. We do not know. We have never once, as a
0: podcast, known anything, and we resent the implication that we might have.
1: I guess on that note, we can go into our LVO-dominated stats section. Very much so. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to present a few different things today because I also wanted to look at a few things related to Necrons and then how they've changed since their book release. Um, but first, we're going to talk about this last weekend. We'll talk about the stats and then we'll talk about kind of just all of January. And then I'm going to talk about that fun little tidbit I just talked about. Uh, so, our number one performing faction who had only nine players is Death Watch. This is all organized by a win rate, so you're just gonna have to put up with it, Uh, who had a 57.7% win rate, uh, but they didn't really do anything. So they have a zero over rep. So I guess (laughs) they're top in our hearts. Um, Eldari have second place with a 6.7% meta representation, which actually is the lowest they've had in a fair amount of time. I think I'd have to go back and check all the individual weekly data. They had a 56.9% win rate. They didn't win any events. They had two top fours, seven top tens for a 1.25 overrep. Almost balanced. They're almost there. Leagues of OTAN were third, 49 players, a 4.5%. Meta representation, a 56.3% win rate. No event wins, one top four, three top tens for a 0.93. I guess Leagues of OTAN also perfectly balanced. Uh, And then... Fourth is Necrons, who had 100 players over the weekend with a 9.2% meta representation, which is a huge jump, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. A 56% win rate, two event wins, four top fours, and six top tens for a 1.82 overrep. One of those event wins being Silvio. It's a a little high. Just a titch. Um, And then rounding out the top fives is Sisters of Battle. Who had 29 players for a 2.7% meta representation, a 54.6% win rate. And then they had two event wins, which are also their top fours and also their top tens. Um, because of their low meta representation, at only 2%, which puts them just barely out of the bottom. Uh, they have a 3.14 over rep ratio <laughs> this weekend. Um, which I don't want anybody to take it terribly seriously, but Enough also understand that, the well... Never. Well-piloted sisters are very good. And now that I've said it, they're not going to do anything for like a month. Get rid of, get, like get rid of the just indirect just and the <laughs> <laughs> Every time, us every time. The other GT winners from the weekend were Death Guard, who had 46 players, a 4.2% meta representation, and a 46.8% win rate. Uh, they had one event win, two top fours, and three top tens for a 1.98 overrip. And then our other one was Astra Militarum, 50 players, 4.6%. Meta representation, a 43.4% win rate. One event win, two top fours, and five top tens for a 1.82 over rep. Um, at the very bottom, apparently ne- uh, Adeptus Mechanicus players decided that a few weeks of being above 50% win rate and being up in like the fifty mid-55s kind of like area, uh, have decided that they don't want to be there anymore. So they had 17 players over the weekend at a 1.6% meta representation. And a 34% win rate for the weekend. Um, It's cool. They uh, lost to Imperial Knights, who had a 36% win rate, Drakari, who had a 42.9, and then Astra Militarum at 43.4, and Grey Knights at 43.5, Toronto at the bottom five. Dark Grey Knights. The only other faction outside of the balance window on the bottom is Chaos Demons, who had only 19 players over the weekend and a 44.1% meta representation, but they did get two top 10s, which is nice. Poor Chaos Demons. I know. And then if we look at just January, since we haven't been talking about stats just a ton, so I'm just going to summarize this so we have a little bit more data when we're talking about this. Um, Eldaria, the number one performing faction overall, uh, just by win rate. Or actually, they are not. Actually, I just made a mistake. Necrons are, <laughs> whoops, and doodles. Nine uh, point seven percent meta representation across the month of January. A fifty-six point eight percent win rate. Six event wins, sixteen top fours, and thirty-three top tens for a one point seven one overrep. Um, and I actually think that they're getting so highly represented that it's starting to actually make their represent their overrep look a little bit funny because there are just so many of them now playing. Eldari are in second at a 7.7% meta representation and 56.4% win rate two event wins 14 top fours and 29 top tens. They have a 1.89, which is also terrifying. And then it's sisters at a 2.6% meta representation and 54.5. They won four events in January, five top fours and eight top tens for a two over rep. So actually, maybe there's a pro maybe there's a problem in there. I don't know. Bias, None. Jeremy. Everything's fine. This is my bias. <laughs> <laughs> uh rounding up the top five we have world leaders a uh, 5.8 percent meta representation a 54 percent win rate one event wins seven top fours 21 top tens 21 top tens so many top tens guys I think a no longer, no represent rep-
0: even uh, almost all of the wins for w for world leaders it's true he's now a negligible quantity
1: yeah i mean he only makes up like 25% of their GT wins, or something. Now, I think it's
2: like 50% actually.
1: Oh, well, they've no, got three one, or four well, more
2: than one win now,
0: more than two wins now.
1: Oh, have they? Yeah, yeah, I think they have four now.
0: I think you're it's slacking.
1: Maybe not. Chaos Space Marines are rounding out that top five with a 54% win rate, a 7.2% meta representation, a GT win. 9 top 4s, 14 top 10s, and a 1.3 overrep.
0: Completely within the balance window. Chaos Space Marines need no changes.
1: Yep. And then, for the entire month of January, Imperial Knights have been at the bottom um, <laughs> with a 34% win rate for January. Uh am honestly one 34% of their games. <laughs> Drukhari are just slightly above them at a 40.9% win rate with a single top 4 and 2 top 10s. Uh, Chaos Knights are just kind of really in the middle. You got a solid 3.7%, 48.6% win rate, a couple top 4s, six top 10s and a 0.5 over rep which isn't great but Can't like have every gatekeeper faction then? Yeah, just right there in the middle. And then the thing that I wanted to talk to you about because I thought everybody might find this a little interesting is I decided to go in and see kind of like how meta representation changed for Necrons. Cuz when you look at the numbers and you're seeing like a 9.7% Average meta representation for January. That's like quite a high meta representation. And, and back in November. What we were seeing on average. Was a 4.3% meta representation for Necrons. And then a 5% in December. Which then turns into a 9.7% in January. So you know. Just a casual. Casual doubling. doubling. Of meta representation for Necrons. Since their new book came out essentially. Because i note.
2: They had a weekend of events in December. With
1: the new book. So, you know, Necrons are probably good. And a lot of people have Necron armies after 9th edition when Necrons were also reasonably good and in a starter box. Boy,
2: howdy. Am I, I, mean, am I looking forward to when the Necrons don't get touched in the slate and all the t- all the worst defenders do? Everybody's had Wraiths for like 15 years at this point, right? But have they had just the just right war on those right? Wraiths? No.
0: Nobody knows what the guns look like. How do they have the right bases on them? Those should be on 50s, guys. <laughs>
1: do the old metal ones have guns i think they're just all claws and no
0: if you have 18 old metal wraiths and you're running them in canoptic court, you ha- i don't care you're allowed
2: like <laughs> fine i just please please be my guest
1: i'm just gonna glue a pistol to the forehead of the like an old metal wraith
2: yeah i'm just um, amazed that those it... things are four wounds now when they were three in the index they didn't cop a point increase over the index
1: while well, you see and it's not like they gained a character <laughs> attachment
2: or anything like that on top of that uh, no, no not Definitely like they gain like access to a five-foot feeling of pain
1: no Mm-mm. honestly or the ability damage. to be untargetable or anything uh if we look at eldari it's like the closest approximation of like a high representation faction that's not space marines november eldari had nine percent meta representation on average December had eight point one percent, and then January they have a seven point seven percent meta representation. So they're still very healthy, is what you're telling me. Yeah, so they're very healthy, just slightly decreasing. Um so maybe we all need those to people try harder. Have... Yes, we need to try
0: harder. Um I think half the Eldar players are just bored of winning with Eldar and trying to spice it up and then failing. That,
1: <laughs> that wouldn't be the first. Or they've just, you know, transitioned over to Necrons. Just boop
2: every elder player thing now that we have two years of data it's gonna be really fun to watch player migration
1: ah i'm sure at some point we could make like a really interesting spreadsheet about what players actually migrate and what players don't although our case study should definitely be players who said we should all be locked into just one or two factions i think um just to see how well that they stick to those guys do that no. do they? definitely not even once. we should be
0: locked into six or seven factions
1: just a solid third of factions. You should be locked I into I think I only own five. I don't know if I
0: can do six. No, well, that that's your, that's your personal problem.
1: It sounds like quit and talk to me.
0: Sounds, so, it yeah, sounds like somebody should, should go boss. and
1: buy a new army. <laughs> Definitely have not had my wife look at me recently and be like, how many armies do you own again? How many do you think you could get rid of? And I'm like, oh, uh-oh.
2: <laughs> Might be taking up a bit too much space. But I want yeah, all of these. Definitely
1: taking up too much space. I did definitely give away, or am in the process of giving away 2,000 points of Tau to somebody, so, you know.
2: Yeah, I married condoed my guard a month or so ago, so I have, I now have space for the sisters that I never had space for in the first place.
1: And before I get too much further, my wife does like the hobby. She just thinks that I'm taking up too much room before anybody thinks that she hates it. She actually likes it quite a bit. She just wants me to not take up the whole dining room. <laughs> Having well, a supportive you guys are, partner
0: is very important. Yeah. You guys are a far cry from my last podcast co-host who once dangled a wreath night out a window um, to try and make him stop playing so much. So,
1: <laughs> Look, we don't, we don't need to talk about horror stories. I've heard about partners and people need to hide stuff from them and stuff like that. I hope you all just have supportive partners, listeners, and that that is what you have.
2: Yeah. Um, Do we want to talk about the ITC announcement?
1: Yeah. What the ITC just kind of had an official officialization from Games Workshop. I think not necessarily. Their announcement
2: basically is that they now control it. It is is their circuit. So the independent tournament circuit that was renamed three years ago to the international tournament circuit. is still the international tournament circuit it just will never go back to being the independent tournament circuit Mm -hmm. um yeah so uh at lvo and then also on on warcom they made an announcement basically saying that they'd formalized a partnership with uh basicos pairings that they had acquired the control of the itc from frontline gaming um there were uh a bunch of meetings with tos um this information is more or less out there that there's not going to be any changes for the first year at least they're just going to continue with the status quo um and then they're going to explore ways that they can do things better Um, what that might mean we don't know but um oh and they also announced that there would actually be prizes for winning the itc and winning your best in faction Um, if i remember correctly whoever won the itc this year got uh, one copy of every single thing um that came out for 40k so So manny gets that twice now second yep
0: he's one away from being able to run his normal armies of everything (laughs) oh
2: unless they're battle (laughs) line
1: uh he does have a propensity for just mass spamming battle line units he needs to win a few more he needs to get up to six
0: so that he can get like three like six boxes of a curse cultist whenever a box like that comes out so he can run
2: max (laughs) of everything Um, but yeah, the, one of the big things that they've, that they've also made clear is that there's going to be no change, and this is on the, on the TO front, there's going to be no change to running events, to submitting events, all of that is going to function the same as it has up until now. Uh, the token system is going to remain in place, it's going to continue to be run through Best Coast pairings, they have a partnership with them that's going to make that happen. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I think it's all good, because realistically, the, the international Term circuit had kind of been languishing for a couple of years. Um, you there
0: uh, are still like no team rankings. Like you, you have to go through like back doors to find faction rankings. And everything. If it just gets cleaned up, like I, it's basically been abandoned where for two or three yeah. seasons. And now. with
2: it, and with it being rehosted, like rehomed on BCP, which is where it's been all along. It just was an embedded page on Frontline Gaming that you found things for. So if BCP just says, "Here's the ranking. It's on our page now." I'm very happy. With and that. you don't have to go through Frontline through the 2015 link. <laughs> the fact that that link hasn't changed in like 10 years gets me
1: my biggest question is like if they're going to change what the capstone event is then for the itc season well it depends because if they don't change the formula
2: lvo remains the the capstone event because it's the largest event with 10 rounds
0: it's more if they change like the dates on it right if they change it to be like ending at wcw or you know any variation of that they've said
2: no changes this year so we presume that the 2024 2025 season is gonna end with LVO next year. Um not with the end of the month, by the way. Uh this is something that I was re- that, that I was talking with people about recently. It's the stupidest thing isn't it? Um Uprising Adelaide, which is basically LVO but down south. Um it is the, the quintessential finale for the ITC season but in Australia, uh found out that they aren't in the 2023 season. They're in the 2024 season. So anyone who is trying to win like best in factions or score high on the Australian rankings for 2023, this weekend's event that's upcoming that has over 220 people attending doesn't count. Yeah,
0: mm. As I understand it, it's actually more nuanced than that. LVO is the only event from the weekend of LVO that counts towards the 2023 correct. season. Any other events on the same weekend as LVO count for the next year. So if this you run a correct. GT, like a last
2: chance event on the weekend of LVO, it wouldn't count towards that, yeah. year, that and this- year's events. It was communicated to to tournament organizers back in January that that the deadline for event submission outside of LVO was going to be January 15th, which was the Monday after the weekend before LVO. And that is typically how it has worked, where the thing is that for the last two years, LVO has happened on the last weekend in January, which meant that anything else that took place up to that point was fine. Because Uprising Adelaide last year, if I remember correctly, was the week before LVO. And same with the year prior to that. This year, it being the week after, yes, within the end of January, there's basically some wires got crossed with people when it came to communication. It was, it's really unfortunate. I feel bad for the Australians who were planning for this, uh especially for the event organizers who had been like, here's our, you know, here's our capstone event. I guess it kicks off the 2024 season now. I mean, Doesn't it's a system, great. right? But it's yeah. always been Frontline's thing that other people kind of limped it onto more than... Yeah, it yeah. Like and so GW taking board. it over, GW formalizing things, and GW also just being accountable for it is all good in my mind
1: yeah um i think it's better that they've like there's like an announcement of them doing an actual like transition like handing the stick over to themselves kind of like officially and that they're actually handling a ranking system in some official capacity i think adds to the already existing like running tournaments having the wcw mm -hmm. having control of a ranking system that already exists and is participated in All makes sense for GW and GW taking control of it also makes sense from an official Warhammer like thing happening as well, right? Like, all that just makes sense and is good. I mean, everybody liked the 40k tournament circuit that they ran basically and then enjoyed WCW for the most part. Well, I meant, oh, you mean more recently all the Chicago Open events and stuff like that
2: heavily involved in the tournament series with like Throne of Skulls and all Mm -hmm. of that. Um, and then they decided. Yeah, to I mean, this is just like. Play
1: didn't exist. It's just that again, basically, right? And they're taking a direct hand in how things are run and handled. Yeah.
2: Um, I do want to answer a question now rather than dealing with it in the question sessions. Uh, Paul Candle asks earlier FLG and GW is official. So I want to clarify uh, from the announcement, nothing is happening between FLG and GW. Um, FLG used to control and own the ITC, they have sold it, partnered it, however, um, to. Uh, to GW so there is no I mean the two companies granted are probably working together on various things because 40k is the lifeblood of FLG Um, but I don't see any kind of influence on the tournament or terrain uh, that FLG does coming from GW at least not officially Um, that was the other thing that a lot of people were asking about there's gonna be no change to like tournament requirements or anything like that play To's are going to be allowed to continue to do what they want so if flg decides they want to continue with player place terrain i don't think they should but if they do they're welcome to
1: All Right. <laughs> i like brian's my favorite part of watching stat Check is when innis hasn't spoken for a while and then he suddenly remembers his cameras on while he was off in his little Tistic daydream i don't know what oh i understand never mind now i get it never mind all right um (laughs) so it you're definitely is a moment where Innis doesn't have a lot to say and also his microphone isn't working so he can't talk where it's how
0: i run my opponent's (laughs) turns as well generally just
1: yeah i i'm definitely never not amused if i look up while talking for a little bit, and Ennis is just over here like having a good time, dancing back and forth, maybe having a mocha or something, eating some marshmallows. I don't know. He's just having a good time. Ennis is living his best life while other people handle the talking section.
0: <laughs> you got to remember, sometimes during the stat section, I'm just listening to the podcast. You know,
2: <laughs>
1: it's true. He's not wrong. Ennis in- is in fact. Played the really long game from being at the very beginning, where he just gets to listen to the show. I'm the platonic ideal to. of
2: the listener. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that I would like to see, and this is longer term more than anything else with the ITC, uh, is more support for regional circuits. The idea basically being mm-hmm. that like the UKTC shouldn't be the be all and end all of competitive forty k right now because that's what it is. Like you look at it this way, Manny didn't go to LVO and he still won the ITC just on the back of UKTC events.
1: Yeah, it would be really cool to see more support for regional 40k instead of us only like looking at the international UK the United States. Yeah, like maybe Australia should have some say in some stuff and their biggest event just kind of doesn't get sidelined into the beginning of next season, essentially. that would be cool, you know, just a little. Um... I don't know. I'm hopeful that the takeover means only good things for them and that what we'll end up seeing is something
0: good. I'm hoping um, it means they publish the formula where someone can see it and figure out how events work.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the formula is Reese takes like the old punch card version of anymore. computing. Yeah, so we just handed the box of punch cards and the old punch card computer over to GW. So now they can slide the punch cards in and pull the crank and it just pops roll out D6 Just to
2: try and make sure Beast coast wins every year. That's all it's still for. <laughs> uh, Ignite did win best team this year, so it wasn't Art of War and it wasn't the guys that set out to beat them.
1: It wasn't us either, although we tried. We, we, did.
2: we tried, then we kind of fell flat in the later end of the uh, of the year.
1: It's okay. We're, we're not we, a true competitive tried. 40k. Did, I mean, I think you were trying to win events. Yeah, but I wasn't like I was putting stat check <laughs> as as the team for marketing purposes,
0: but
1: <laughs> <laughs> should we actually try? Is that a thing that we're supposed no. to do? We don't okay. know. Are we I mean, still letting you
0: and Jeremy play for us or
1: <laughs> I mean I do. I also do play, but like I don't go to GTs and win them, so like
0: <laughs> I actually <laughs> like, don't know where we, we placed. Like do we, the, the right? I think we're are in the top
1: there, we right? were in the top ten. It's yeah. unlocked now,
0: so I should be able to pull it up. Given that there's like 1.3 players on that team, I'm impressed. So Anthony us all week. No, all Anthony there, so. wasn't playing under us. Yeah, it was like me, TJ, Francois, Jeremy. Uh finished ninth.
2: Player.
1: Hell yeah. Nice, top Do you know what? 10.
2: That's not bad for, for what was <laughs> yeah. not a particular... So the, t- <laughs> so the top 10 teams this year were Ignite, Glasshammer, Death or Glory, Xenos Petting Zoo, Vanguard Tactics, War Masters. Heart of War, Mind Goblins, Stat Check, and then Denver Mountain Trolls. Hell yeah, Mind Goblins. Let's go. Love I know I guys. saw that and I was just like, one of these things is not like the other.
0: No, Mind Goblins are um like it's like Adam Lane and um a bunch of the other guys from like the, the UK circular, Don made and a few other people like that. There could be Don plays for them. I
2: didn't realize that. Yeah.
1: Also like, mine Goblins oh, he <laughs> is for playing right. on our team. <laughs> Hell yeah, no. Hell yeah, Narego. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess maybe I'll go to a GT and try to win it or something. We can put that on there. I'll so try. What was that?
0: What was the actual top ten this year? We should probably, probably at some point cover like that. That was. That, that was, was no, the top ten. Players. Top
1: 10. Oh, players.
0: I care about the players. Oh, do you want no, to know? T- it's it's right, only I'll team. It up. It'll t- take a minute accounts. for it to load because. Yeah, I know. It, uh, that's what I'm doing as
2: well.
1: I'm more just. We'll I was hoping see, that you had we'll so like, it loaded up. We'll see whose hamster wakes up faster. I don't know. I still am gonna. I'm gonna lock in on the goal of trying to win Warmasters since I officially got invited back to do casting for them again. So you should, I will you officially... lock in the goal. get
2: the game for Nathan. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, look. I, when I was, we told just need to make I sure I... that Brian,
2: that, that sorry, Brian, that Nathan has a complete <laughs> army this
1: time. <laughs> look, I'm bringing back a backpack for David. Just a Northwestern University backpack for him, so he can have it. <laughs> um i don't know if david's gonna listen to this and hear that but congratulations we love you david
2: we poke fun because we, we care not because we are mad no Farsight's i was a wonderful, wonderful product.
1: but if somebody wants to get in talks with me once we're closer to the event about bar <laughs> yeah backpack full of slightly smaller backpacks yes. i
2: think brian already did that to him
1: yeah um i don't know I will want to borrow an army from somebody at some point. So if you want me to borrow your army for masters, we can talk about it later.
0: <laughs> if you're a paint, if you're a professional painting service and you want the advertising of Nathan using your army, <laughs> it's, on, not, in good no <laughs> it's you. not good advertising. It's not good advertising. A bunch of people will see it.
1: Yes, yeah, so a bunch of people will see it, and I'll like make sure to talk about it.
0: I guess I don't know,
1: but I'm not. That's don't, my not do is th-
0: not not giving me the IDC
2: here. <laughs>
1: no, it's just. Man, I give you guys so much extra time by vamping on a random topic. The ITC Rankings is a bad website.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They do need to find a better way of presenting that. I have a feeling it recalculates every single time you load it. I think the netcode's still from 2015.
1: (laughs) 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 I will say Manichima won won the number one slot for ITC 40k. Because
2: going into Um, it, I think it was Ben Sherwin. um, Rochester, Ben Juric. Rochester and Ben Juric that could pass him. Mm
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a shame how few of the like top 10, 15, 20 were at LVO
2: this year, but. All right. All right. Ryan just oh, sent mine... me a message with the top 10 ITC because it loaded for him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Amazing. Right. We, have, we had Manny Chima, Nassim, Josh Roberts, Ben Yurick, Brad Chester, Ben Sherwin, TJ Lanigan, Ennis Wilson, Brian Seep, Vic Vijay. I ah, get fucked, Brian. You beat, Bri- you beat Brian by 11 points. <laughs> you and TJ right. beat you by two. <laughs> <sighs> Finally, I hadn't shouted about an in Uh And Manny beat Nassim by 36 points. 15, 30. Good on you, Nassim. Six events. Ah, that's wild. That means he averaged 256 points an event. It's quite a, quite a lot. It's... Mm. How much was WCW worth? I'm
1: guessing
2: we can't see that cuz <laughs> we'd, we'd
1: have, have to, to load submitted. up. The... Oh, it's Let's not try... Look man, the hamster died That's on the, the hamster wheel point. for the servers. The hamster is dead on that. Uh, oh hamster no, it
2: wheel. was submitted. Ah. There it is. What is it? Huh. Uh,
1: it, it worth? was
2: worth 256 points for Manny. So I about average, yeah. Wait a minute. That means that how did they submit this? Look. Yeah, okay. They submitted it as an eight rounder. Do any of us know what the NTA
1: is? As a question, Redrum is asking, Is any of you guys are any of you guys part of the NTA when it starts?
0: Uh, was that the like the team event
2: thing? Um, invitationals are fine for ITC, I'm
0: pretty sure. There's no like requirements, yeah. There's
2: no rules on invitationals for ITC, there's no rules on anything for (laughs) ITC. You have, yeah, it's it's literally at least eight players in three rounds. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it it, it uh yeah, because John got 236 points for that. Uh I got like 145 because
0: I don't know, man. Look. The easiest thing to think, think about is that the ITC is dead. It's yep. not dash check.com slash yellow. Yep. Although I'm not top 10 there, so let's good, go good. I let's go This is
2: twenty first. I know Oof. I'm doing fucking I'm terrible now. I know it's awful. Get to it, Jesus Christ! You are one spot above David Gaylord, though. There you go. We both we both had a rough uh, we both had a rough Nottingham.
0: David a little more than I did, but
1: mm.
2: all uh, right, you're better than
1: me. Do I'm we... in the hundreds now. Do we want to do plugs since we're like drifting, drifting way <sighs> over? We're
0: drifting pretty hard. Do we want to very talk about like the actual event of LVO? before we do that none
1: of us were there what do we want to talk about we
2: watched it none of us were really there we didn't really have a lived experience it was cool (laughs) to see a monolith win it was really unfortunate to see a monolith win because someone didn't properly screen can we I mostly bring this up because
0: do you remember that guy that was on the competitive that was on the competitive 40k reddit or Facebook being like
2: my 30 immortals (laughs) are useless now so I'd like to sell my LVO ticket (laughs) Matt Laura went and won LVO with 30 Immortals. Mar- Marshall Peterson had 50 or 60. Yeah, we don't talk about that, man.
1: <laughs> we don't... We're not going to talk about it. Either. Maybe Matt Lauer just picked that as his list to spite that person on the no, be- Well, no, we he age. may have.
2: Because this was the list... It was the same list that he... I'm pretty sure the same list that he won the uh, the UTC finals with.
1: Okay. So I think he'll been practicing that for a while. K.R. Quintero says that he knows that guy. Apparently, I'm... I My condolences. Not... Can you tell uh, that
0: guy that it's very imperative that he tries Matt Laura's list at least once? Yes. <laughs> he did flip
1: out. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry right. about this stuff. Do we actually want to talk about the Dark Angels codex very briefly? Yes. Let's talk about everything many. relevant.
0: Let's talk about every <laughs> single thing that's relevant in the Dark Angels codex.
1: Alright, I'll give you five seconds. Jeremy, did you mute Innis or did Innis just mute? <laughs> I was like waiting. I was like, man, Ennis is quiet for like the first. Time no, no. I account. said everything that was
0: relevant about the Dark Angel's Codex. So, oh.
2: it's worse than it was before. Is the, before, is the answer? So,
0: Azrael is still phenomenally wonderful. Azrael's and... great.
2: Ezekiel's great. That's about it. Ezekiel's great, but like
0: he still doesn't attach. Like, Blade our vectors aren't good, and you're not going to gaslight me into agreeing with that. So nobody's doing that. Inner Circle companions <laughs> are great, right? Their sculpts are
1: beautiful. The sculpts are I... here's,
2: amazing. Here's, here's the rules what the hurt freakast... so
1: much. The funniest thing about the Dark Angels Codex is that the most valuable data sheets in it are actually just the pictures of new models because those sculpts are very nice. They're going to
0: make great company veteran conversions that Azrael can't attach to anymore.
1: Uh, you mean company mm. heroes?
0: Yeah, company heroes.
1: They will. Company they veterans actually make,
2: disappeared in ninth.
1: They make great blade guard if you just put shields on their back.
2: And I discover, as I discovered when I was building a multi-part kit that I had sitting around for a while, all of the blade guard veteran kits. You could just put the shields on their backpack cuz that's how they can. can that's how they come. Oh, that's yep. cool. Yeah, they 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 all come with the the handle as a separate part that just inserts into the uh the back of the shield. Um which is the same shape as the power pack the little... reactor whatever the back thing is.
1: <laughs> the little little sphere
0: on the
2: back, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um,
0: I like the blake. I've never actually built up like a vector guy. I only have a ones. So
1: the kit is quite Yeah, great. that was the
2: thing. Like I've I've had this kit for I don't know where I got it from because
1: I didn't buy a blade guard vet.
2: It was one Lion of the retinue. That's where it was from. Mm-hmm.
1: So if you can't tell based on the fact that we drifted immediately to talking about the multi-part blade guard kit and how nice it is, the Dark <laughs> Angels book is not very good. And that there are only a right. couple good data sheets in it. I'm so sorry, Deathwing Knight players. If I had
0: known what when... <laughs> if I had known,
2: I still would have done it because when I was when we but... were writing that review, the Goonhammer team, there was the moment where we went did someone just beat like a rules writer over the head with a brick of Deathwing Knights, and they decided that they can't be good? <laughs> I was genuinely sure they were going down to weapon skill three as well. I'm glad that didn't end up being true as well. But that was that was just a like we as soon as that came, the the Warcom article went out, we were we were writing the article and we went and it was like, did did we read the data? No, no, they're weapon skill two. Okay, so they're, we're not that bad off.
1: Sure, and let's do our plugs. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> so.
0: I've got some some of the regular plugs today. As everybody knows, I hate doing this bit, so we're going to try and do it quickly. Um, but we also have a really cool thing that we'll be showing off right at the end. So all the usual things. YouTube, youtube.com. It's where you can see all the back episodes as well as all the other shows that we do. Uh, you can catch it all there. Drop us a like, a subscription, a comment. We do our best to respond to all of the interesting ones. Uh, if we didn't respond, it's because Nathan didn't see it or Anthony judged it harshly. Um, that's usually the reason. <laughs> some,
1: sometimes I just don't want to get in a fight on the internet.
0: Well, that's you shouldn't be the person responding to our comments if you're not willing to get into fights on the internet. Quite frankly, I don't understand why that's your job now.
1: I mean, the last time I got into a fight on one of our comment threads, it was because apparently it's because I was too mean. So i don't know how nathan could ever be mean or even too
2: mean for that matter
1: sorry guys next up uh, we have
2: the patreon which is patreon.com
0: slash that for five dollars a month or your regional equivalent you can support what we like to think is one of the best shows on the internet if you disagree i don't know why you're watching really sorry um, you can get access to our wonderful, wonderful community. We'll, we should be launching up a new vibe check in a couple of weeks, probably once the data slates out and digested a little bit, and we'll be doing a singles one for that one. Uh, you can access our newly reorganized channels where you can actually tell what everything is now. Which, frankly, I'm disappointed by a little bit. But there are 500 people in the Discord now, so it was maybe starting to get to a point where all of them being terrible in jokes was if
1: you're probably patron- excessive. If you're in our Patreon Discord, make sure to fill out the feedback survey because we do want to hear what you think of our Discord and what you think of our Patreon. um Yeah, provide us some feedback so we can make it better. That change to all the faction titles that Inis hates is in fact a piece of feedback that we received through that survey. We have we since received a bunch to... of feedback of how dare you change the channel names. So quite it's frankly, been 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 we like win. A year and a but...
0: half now, so we're like, you'll be fine. <laughs> um next up we have our sponsors we have three wonderful sponsors that do an absolute ton for us we have red dragon they provide all the spon- all the pricing for Vibe check league they do all of our merchandise check out their store at red-dragon.ca you can see all of our merchandise like objective markers dice which i presume are back in stock i've not heard anything about that uh not yet it'll be coming Dice will be back um, in
2: stock we're estimating april now um we had a bit of a we had we had some issues with manufacturing. It's also Chinese um, New then, Year,
0: which is delaying things a little bit.
2: Yeah. So we're gonna have a new a new round of objective markers, new round of dice, all of that should be available around April of this year. We will make announcements, we'll post it, we'll we'll throw it up on social media when the new stuff comes we'll in. We'll shill. We like money. It's okay. It's okay to admit <laughs> that, I think. But you can get our mats there just now.
0: Um Mm -hmm. And also, all of your other various gaming affiliate paraphernalia needs, Uh, there is a code for 20% off. I always get that one wrong. Available to Patreon members as well. You can check out and Yutani, who make all of the trade for WTC, as well as a bunch of other things. You can use our code STATCHECK5 there for 5% off, as well as giving us a little bit of support back. Um, We've definitely had a few sets to come through there, and we'll hopefully be getting some stuff sorted out for if we manage to get some streaming and stuff like that on the go. Uh, Lastly, you can check out Saltar Games. They have an Etsy store that does a bunch of stuff for us, like uh, tokens and gauges and all that kind of stuff. They now have a new Code which is stat 15, which will get you 15% off on the Etsy store if you use our if you use that code while you're shipping out. Um, check out a bunch of stuff there. we sent Tim back with some Death Guard stuff. Uh, we'll hopefully be adding as more factions come out, adding more various um, faction stuff. Next we have shows. End of the Matrix is the bi-weekly team team-based show, which will be launching up into all of the team event season as we start preparing for WTC, which is slightly under slightly slightly less than seven months away. Which is a terrifying terrifying statement uh i know that's come around way quicker than i thought it would
1: <laughs> probably should buy my plane Jeremy
0: looks stressed thing. um i quite like that <laughs> i guess we should um,
2: figure out who's on our team
0: yeah so nathan typhus and pumbaa Not there's nathan other nathan uh will variably be covering a bunch of <laughs> event stuff as we come into that i imagine at some point we'll be covering they'll be covering itt um and para championships and alpine cup and euro trash cup like we have a bunch of team events coming up that we'll hopefully be having a ton of coverage for you can find xm1 which is moved to a monthly basis their next show is scheduled for thursday tentatively uh where they'll be talking about a bunch of stuff like necrons and the supreme court and frankly i don't understand what that show's about i love it
2: experience at nottingham it's dad hammer at its finest yeah,
0: it's the best dad hammer show on the
2: internet you can't not love it
0: now i'm gonna run a little bit of a branding thing um, because. We have a new show that is wonderful and has decided that it's going to drop within a plum. I have a bit of a blurb to read it afterwards, but we have a new show coming to StatCheck. It'll be starting in a couple of weeks. I'm going to run the bit. So there you have it with the, Ending of the Best in Table Up Network, the Best in Fact, Best in Table Up, the Next Generation Boys are coming over to the Stat Check Network. Now, unfortunately, we could not have them go with Stat, Stat Check, the Next Generation, as their name. It was just a little too on the nose. So they are rebranding as Take All Comers. Apparently, we have a naming theme on the show, which is that we have a bunch of names that are vaguely related to 40k but aren't actual 40k gaming terms which i didn't know was a thing we had done but when they pointed it out i was like i'm really glad that that accidentally happened with xm1 end of the matrix and the actual stat check show itself so take all comers i now i'm going to read a small blurb from the take all comers boys themselves to give you an overview an introduction for anybody who hasn't seen it if you saw our youtube earlier you'll have seen that announcement go up this is the full description for anybody who's doing it so one second really sorry take all comers formerly best in faction the next generation is a competitive warhammer 40k podcast featuring team usa members tyler bertell lucas trawler and nicholas Olson johnson it details their personal progression through the ranks of both teams and singles 40k at the highest level tune in to learn about the intricacy of combat review recent tournament performances round by round and dive deep into specific and relevant meta matchups for a variety of high performing factions we might even have a little fun along the way so the first episode of take all comers will be live streamed on StatCheck. On February eighth, twenty twenty four, at eight thirty PM PST or your regional time zone equivalent, and then it'll be up on all the podcast feeds, all the YouTube as normal for everything. It's a normal show entering in the rotation. We are tentatively looking at having them record every Thursday. Um, but they might be moving to Saturdays just depending on scheduling from the guys. We will find a concrete time on when they are going to be scheduled as it fits into where we are at the moment. With uh, XM1 moving to a monthly instead of a bi-weekly, we're really glad to have these guys stepping into the roster. We're super excited to see all the things that are put together. They've already been an absolute pleasure to work with and we cannot wait to see where they go. Um, for anybody who wants like the literal like two second elevator pitch they're the guys that are talking about like their tournament experiences on a day-to-day basis because they are going to all of them as players they're in the pacific northwest which is a very active meta and whereas you know you have myself and jeremy who are and anthony who are variably going to a lot of tournaments but not quite as consistently they have three people who are very very actively pushing singles uh, and team play all the time Um, and they do a lot more of the in-depth nitty gritty stuff so if you're wanting to focus more on the gameplay aspect of 40k that's the onboard the offboarding show for you we have the casual side of things go go, go down to uh and go down to xm1 if you want to get into into the teams and the really hardcore stuff X and the matrix is there for you this is for everybody else go and have a look at uh go and have a look at take all comers or just go and take a look at them anyway if you're either of those ends because you, you'll find something you love they're, they're fantastic people to work with
2: at some Do you point guys have anything i remember tyler's name when we're talking about them I don't think that sounds right no i don't think you need to do that oh and also for clarity just because this confusion did come up for other people um they are starting on february 8th not august 2nd
1: i really think that's just people taking the piss though to be totally honest i genuinely don't think <laughs> look, i've had to
0: ask tyler what time zone he's streaming in because i just don't think they've considered it at all so we're gonna have to move as a network to just having written dates on things as opposed to date as opposed to short dates because we're when we sure launched we're we had that problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, we still have it every time time zones change between me, myself, and the, the United States guys. <laughs> it's just, it's a mess all around. So that's the last of the plugs other than stat-check, stat-check.com slash coaching. If you're interested in having either myself or Typhus work with you, Typhus has recently just picked up a client who's going to be doing a bunch of team event coverage with them. I've had a bunch of interest recently. If you're looking for some some coverage after the day so comes out, you've got an event coming up or anything like that. Drop either of us a message um, and we'll see what we can do
1: have with either that you had any content recently? Mm-hmm. Have any of you guys made partnered content with anybody recently?
2: No, but I will have an announcement coming sometime in the next few weeks with regards to a local partnership, so. We're normally pretty good about talking that on the show. It's just in the Discord we're about to plugging that. Yeah. Um
0: <laughs> Yeah, if we have anything coming up that any of the variable um, Stat check members are, there are now 12 of us for anybody who's keeping count. Um, it's starting to get a little excessive. We can't have everybody in the same Discord like group chat anymore. We're having to like actually start using more like Actually use Discords. Methods. We might have to like get a Slack or something like that for like stat check. Just no, please don't. Another place, please. Please don't do that. We can't we, we can't use a Discord group chat anymore. Um oh yeah, and uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh Best in Tabletop Network is closing down. They will continue to be doing charity hammer, which is obviously a wonderful cause that supports extra love. Child's play. Child's play, that's Child's um so that that will be continuing and it's a great initiative that uh, some of the static guys have been part of in the past and i'm sure will continue to be in the future
2: yep 12 player tournament let's go
1: <laughs> we can we can now do an RTT just made up of us a... we've
2: been able to do that for almost for over a year now next though <laughs> <laughs> okay uh... so dom we have an admin channel in the discord we have seven of them because we have we actually have things sorted out and we do use it for the really important stuff but for the background chatter group chats have just been how we've always done things yeah when
0: we want to when we want to <laughs> chat shit, um we have the backstage yeah when it comes to
2: serious we... actual business stuff it ends up going in the main discord uh in the admin oh, we, chat but we could probably make just like a, 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 a just for a shit talk channel but
0: honestly this way's easier
1: we just need to add the other show hosts to some of those behind the scenes places, I suppose.
0: I'll I'll deal with that in the next couple of mm-hmm. days. They've not started with us yet. We'll wait till they've actually done a show before we start giving them admin rights. Sure. <laughs> All right. Right. We are now going to move on to show questions. So, as always, there are two ways to guarantee getting your show, getting your question answered on show. You can either check us a super chat on the YouTube, or you can be in the Patreon and ask in the Patreon Discord, where there is a show question thread every week. Occasionally, it's even up before the show. Um... So thank you to Sam for doing that for us this week. With that said, if we have some time at the end, we will answer as many questions as we can get that are at least vaguely interesting from the YouTube channel, uh, from the YouTube chat in general. So Nathan, would you like to kick us off? What are we, what are we talking about today?
1: <laughs> Sam actually has the first question in our questions thread that he started, um, which is what advice would you have for players who are who want to be a better sword player in a team setting?
2: Ines, would you like to explain to people what a sword player is?
1: Sure. So when you have a team event, very
0: broadly, you're going to assign roles to players and roles to lists in the sense that you will have some lists that are designed to go and score big points in easy matchups or in you know close matchups where you'll have like a really strong player the expectation is that if they have an even matchup they will they will use their skill to overcome the like barrier and will score you know the the big points in that game so you know uh when you're playing differential system in team events that's scoring you know the 15 five plus you know beating your opponent by 20 to 30 points consistently rather than getting close games um one of the things that of contributes that mentality is recognizing when that's your role which means having an accurate matrix which is doing the predictions and all that kind of thing before the event and understanding that when you're in a good matchup that you should be trying to take take, the most of that and then the next part of that is understanding that the way that you take risks in that position um doesn't necessarily correlate with the things that are best for winning the game but correlates with the things that are best with driving um with winning the game quicker all often so A lot of the time when you're playing a singles game, you can get away with taking the game at a very slow pace. You know, I don't really have to do anything. And my opponent has to, you know, my opponent has to be the one that makes something happen in order for them to win this game. I can afford to sit back and win by a few points. When you're being the sword player, quote unquote, uh, your job is to look at that and go, yeah, okay. So that's, that's my 99% way to win the game. What's the 94% chance to win the game? What's the 80% chance to win the game that gets me the points my team needs for me for this round to be a win? Uh, Or you can, as Liam says, just rush. Uh, which is basically what I'm getting at is the way you be a sword player is you recognize when you can take bigger acceptable risks and you take bigger acceptable risks than you would singles play in order to score more points. Or you just turn the gas on and overrun your opponent with your sheer skill and incredible length in like Liam's case. Look, Liam can move models in your deployment zone while sitting down. It's terrifying. He
1: just sits down. Because he he is very tall, yes. I don't usually refer to people as being very long when I talk about them being tall.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but in Liam's case, I do. Because he's not just tall. He has freakish arms. (laughs)
1: Everybody who's calling you an hour is very fact. long. Uh, uh,
0: what you could also do is you could try and find the ignite workshop class they did for funding Liam's uh, trip to WCW, where Liam talks about how sometimes you do not rush on turn one or two, sometimes you rush as late as turn five, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not convinced is rushing, um, but we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, Liam, Liam lives that IRL TTS view. That's that's truly why he's the best Warhammer player in the world right now.
2: And you're constantly asking him question... what's behind that rune, oh, and but...
1: he's telling you yeah i know you have 10 cultists poking in that rune. I, I already saw them the second question since now i think we've answered the first question um is how important our team scrims against opposing nations for you and what are the main benefits
2: do
1: you want to handle that one,
2: jeremy you guys do a lot more than we do we do a, we do do we do play quite a few by the way i want to i want to i want to <laughs> scrim against you guys at some point soon um we'll talk oh no okay <laughs> uh basically for us uh as Steve Canada, one of the biggest challenges that we have is we don't really have the opportunity to travel to a lot of other events together um because we are spread I think the I think last I last I checked the greatest distance between two team members was something like eight thousand kilometers no not eight thousand like six thousand kilometers something Borge. ridiculous it's it, we have someone in Halifax and we have someone in Vancouver whatever that distance is. Those are both real places that you could convince me are exist. Yep, one hundred percent. But so it's basically one of the things, and like we're not like, um, yeah, we're, we're we're not we're a very spread out country. We are very much thinly popular on there. So like we do travel down to the states a lot, but travel together as a team to a big team event is not something that we usually have the opportunity to do. And so as a result, international scrims with the team give us an opportunity to check uh, kilometers about six tenths of a mile i don't know something like that um about seven liam vsls (laughs) anyways um so it gives us it gives us the opportunity to actually see how the team performs as a cohesive unit it gives us an opportunity to see how pairings go how that prep goes um we because we do the the full thing when we do an international scrim, we go through we say okay what do we think they're going to be bringing what's the meta look like how are we going to how do we want to counter certain armies that we know they're going to be dominant do we want to have you know do we want to skew the the entire group for some reason i think at one point when we were scrimming ireland we actually had come up with eight horde lists and we were debating doing that and then we realized we were playing on tts and we said no we're never doing that ever again and it takes them about four hours to pair around i remember that from the last time we played them um uh, yeah um, they get, I think they were a lot better this time. Uh, I think it was uh, it was absolutely doing the pairings and it was it was pretty straightforward. No, I meant you guys. <laughs> yeah, Chris is pretty bad at that. Um, yeah, so it's it's just it gives us that opportunity to actually flesh things out. When you play against yourself constantly, um, it you can get, fall into some really bad habits because you can start to think that the meta and also just the game plays in a certain way. Um, And so since we don't have that opportunity to get out and play, this gives us the opportunity to play against other European teams because those tend to be the ones that we get challenged by the most once we actually travel to the WTC. Uh, Time zones make things really difficult, though. Um, I remember one point we were playing the Greeks and someone said six o'clock and we thought six o'clock p.m. our time when the guy meant 6 a.m. our time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. International scrims can be a, can be a pain. We, we um, figured
2: it out. We've now gotten it down to a pretty good system. Um Team is gonna be scrimming against uh, I think the Americans, the Austrians. Last fall we did the Poles, we did the Irish, and then we've got a few others that are that are in the works right now. So so the benefit is you get well. to get out of your circle of meta. That's the, the biggest one. Disadvantages it's TTS and inherently like
0: when you play around over the biggest problem with a TTS scrim is that you don't get the same, it's not the same as a physical 8-man. Yeah, because you don't you have, have that element of you're all playing
2: at the same time while the games are progressing. Yeah, so you um, have significantly less context. It's very easy to have a
0: game that like, you know, is the seventh game and it, the, the round is already lost and you just don't end up playing or blah, 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 or nobody can get things together. Like, there, there's lots of things that can go rough
2: with it. But. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take this follow-up question from Chris Irvine. How does Team Canada system for ensuring scrims go smoothly and don't run long? Um, our answer to that is we basically have a drop-dead date. Um, if a game's not played by a certain date, we just count it as a, as a 10-10 and it's done. Uh, because there's no point in dragging things out, especially when we're in a constantly evolving meta as we are this early in an edition. <laughs> I think so, we're entering week five of our in scrim right now. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we do, like, two, three weeks for for most scrims and we're done. Um, like, we will commit a month to a country and say, you know, we will start, we will kick it off, and this is when we want these games done by. Unless, like, something extended when it comes up, there's no point in continuing after that. Um, we're currently running internal scrims on a two-week schedule. One week to do lists and pairings, one week to play your games, go. And so we're in round two of that right now. We're going to pair the second round of our internal scrim tonight, uh, and our games are due by Tuesday. And then we're going to kick right back into it, hopefully with a
1: slate this time. <laughs> nice alright we're going to transition over to the next question which is from Frank uh, what did Dark Angels do to deserve everything they got in their book well since they got nothing they must have done nothing Daddy so. came back and apparently Space Wolf players got jealous that's fair
0: I mean I can't imagine anybody being jealous of the lion
1: <laughs> on that note what Ragnar hits harder in, than the inner,
0: inner Circle Guardians have a better sweep than the lion does <laughs> it's true Uh, point for point i'd rather have nine inner circle guardians than one the lion
1: (laughs) which honestly is saying a lot about the lion that you'd want inner circle companions instead of him uh, all right. What is the jankiest Templar list we can build in each available? That's too long of a question. No. Frank.
2: Okay. So bad, Frank. <laughs> so I wouldn't say janky, but I would say if you are interested in playing Black Templars, <laughs> look at Ben Sherwin's list for LVO for Firestorm because it is a very interesting take on that army, and then just play Gladius. Like, just listen, so, to, just listen to Jack and play Gladius. Here, here's, like, four people you should listen to about If you want to see the Black Temps
0: Ironstorm list, look at Kevin Zollinger or Alex Harrison from any event Kevin's ever been to or Alex Harrison from Nottingham. If you want to see Firestorm, look at Ben Charwin from Elvio. If you want to see Gladius, look at Jack from WCW. Or who was the other guy who played that list? Kyle McCord. Look at anything Kyle McCord's done since, because he had some interesting ideas coming out of that. And if you want to see literally anything else, don't.
1: There you go. <laughs> Alright, now that we've answered that question, uh, Sean asks, with the official takeover of ITC by G-Dubs, are we anticipating any further scrutiny of third-party slash printed models?
0: I don't yeah. think
2: anybody cares in the independent scene. Yeah, the independent scene is run by TOs and store owners and the like. Uh, each of those are going to have their own rules. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the in the general discussion with the ITC, Games Workshop isn't interested in rocking the boat on the ITC. They, recognize, they seem to recognize a good thing when they see it. Um, at least in the case of the ITC, maybe not such a great thing, but um, yeah, it, it's also impossible for them to say to a TO, you can't run an event unless you do. Th- Why? Because they don't have the resources to enforce that. Yeah. Stu Black will show up and spot check your tournament if you submit. Yeah, ITC the thing is, that they don't even don't spot check that. their own tournaments. Exactly. So, like, if, even Games Workshop, like the US Open series, they allow 3D printed models. They just have to be designed by you.
1: Yeah. And they don't really harp on bits that much either. They usually say bits are okay in their stuff. Yeah, Although bits, think... they're
2: just like cool, you have a custom head. You printed all your friends. Neat.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, we should saw static head prints. There's twelve it was not nope. a beautiful squad.
1: The second the second half of this question is one that I'll answer. Is is there a reality where GW could ever hope to put the three D printing genie back in the bottle? No. The answer is no. Never that happening. genie. That genie is so far out of the bottle that it's on another planet and the bottle has been destroyed and thrown into a volcano. Somebody's
2: printing a new bottle. It's too late. (laughs) Perfect example of this. um, G Amang, I don't actually know how you say his name or their name, um, was recently had to shut down because uh, GW legal went after them for copyright infringement in the US. Not going to get into the details of how that transpired or whether it was right or not. um, But the biggest issue is that um, you know, they, they made their announcement. Models. well, no, they made their announcement and they said, I have until t- today, this X day, which is tomorrow to take down my, to take down, take everything down. So what does everyone do? They go and they download everything and it ends up on file shares.
1: They, okay. they the follow their, the-
2: their requirement. They're not going to create models anymore, but everything that they've created is still available. Like, because it is just a file that gets shared, and because 3D printing as a whole has become so ubiquitous and so easy for people to get into, it's not going away. Will it replace GW's miniature's market? Probably not.
0: Look, man, I have crushed opponents, like, 3D printed bottles by just, like, putting my tape measure down vaguely near them. Like, never. (laughs) So I will say
2: that...
1: The biggest thing that is preventing 3D printing from overtaking Games Workshop's market. Overmodels is essentially that there's no true plug and play solution in 3D printing. Like 3D printing is a hobby. We have a 3D printing channel on our Discord. For people to like help each other with the technical aspects of 3d printing and getting started into it as a hobby because 3d printing is at its core a hobby and has like a bunch of other things that go with it. it is
0: accessible but not easy and until yeah. it is and as long as and it will remain that because it is a and there will always
2: be businesses that spread up around selling 3d prints mm-hmm. but when but those it comes aren't to cheaper them, really than buying models they're slightly but not by a not by a meaningful amount um
1: Yeah. And like, just to explain, like, I do 3D printing both like scientifically and at home. And like, I have to have a whole setup to handle waste product from it, like from A to Z, basically. Like, people aren't ready to set up hazardous waste handling in their apartment for the most part or in their house. And most people don't do it properly and they're risking their own health in the process of doing it. And... GW plastic models are also just nicer than the majority of 3D printed models from a quality standpoint, just aesthetically. There you go. Um, next question, since that's the most I think we've ever talked about 3D printing on this on this on this podcast, is from Jake B, which is you folks have a lot of experience attending, judging, and maybe running events. What's something you'd suggest to someone who is considering trying to organize a tournament for the first time?
2: Come talk to me. <laughs> Just, I, and, and this is actually an, an offer to anyone in our Discord. Um, I'll probably create a channel because we've, we've done it. Be- we've talked about it a lot before. When it comes to running events, there's a lot of things that you need to consider. Um, but the biggest thing, like running your first event is almost whatever. It depends what size you're running. But you can, as long as you have terrain, as long as you have mats, as long as you have an idea of what missions are reasonable to play, don't play several skulls for the love of God. Um, you can have a fairly basic RTT, you know, in your basement. Uh, if you want to run, you know, a GT, you need sixteen tables. Um, things to consider in that 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 really matter more than anything else is listening to your players. So if there's comments, complaints, feedback that they that they have about how the event was received. You got to listen to that, or at least very at, at a minimum, you need to make sure that they feel heard. Um, because you can say, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Unfortunately, I can't control that. Like, we, we
0: Also, uh, there's a realistic of just do it.
2: It's If it's like an RTT, the level of investment for your
0: players isn't that high. You will learn tough. on the job and it will be fine. Yeah. It's really hard to fuck up playing, putting three rounds to PCP and having tables available.
2: Yeah, but like I've got all the resources for running events. I've got player packs. I've been doing this for a few years now. I've seen Three everything. rounds of best, best RTT. No, I've no, no. Ever you're, ever. you're missing something right there. You're supposed to also have hidden supplies in there yeah you should do you should do the two cards one with hidden supply with um
0: player placed objectives and uh can't deep strike on objectives with several stalls.
1: <laughs> you could um you could yeah i would go to jeremy and just talk to him because he's the best yeah. resource he's run events at basically all levels at this point right jeremy uh yeah after and, sorry what have you, I, I've said, except maybe super major.
2: Well, I haven't run them, but I've judged them.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't um, been on
2: the planning side of that. Um, And after June, I can say that I've, that I've planned and run events up to 200 people. So, yeah. I
0: don't think anybody done. on
1: the
2: planet could say they've independently run a
0: Super Major. Like
2: nobody has done that on their
0: own. Nobody I just does, mean
1: participated the in the running of the Super Major. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and that's the thing. I was
2: part, I, I, I've helped out the, the U.S. events team uh, and offered them judging services uh, across KC singles and teams, which was 300-ish players. Um, Tacoma, which was 340 players. And then Tampa, which was, I think, 350 players. Um, yeah. So like that kind of thing is... The judging side, I could go on forever about. But on the like event running and what things you need to consider, come talk to me and I've got a list of things longer than it's worth talking about. On a about complete here. side note, I've just been closing down some tabs
0: and the, the rankings still haven't loaded.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, I closed it. <laughs> the next
1: question is from David. Uh, what is your advice on the optimal number of factions to specialize in if you are going for results?
0: The best three. Sorry, there is no whatever you are comfortable with if you are perfect if you are a player perver- who's capable of jumping faction to faction and plays enough to keep up with two or three armies at once having a rotation of like eldar marines and your favorite other thing will probably keep you on top 99 percent of the time um yep. If you want to add more to that, you're getting diminishing returns on additional factions and diminishing returns on the play rate. If you committed to just, you know, Eldar and your favorite thing or Space Marines and your favorite thing, you're probably going to be fine 80% of the time. It's just how much do you want to cover that remaining gap, right? How much are you losing out on in other places? That will entirely depend on you as a player. I would say your best bet is to have Space Marines and something um, because there was almost but to be very flexible in your Space Marines to be aware that like owning a Space Marine Army means that you have the troops for your next list ready to go, nothing else. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't actually recommend Space Marines, but if from a purely competitive sense, it's one of the armies that if you, you
2: care about it, you'll end up falling for the Space Marines Army as a subscription service eventually. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, that's the thing like it's my Dark Angels, which is basically a Space Marine Army now. We play um, Marines for Fifteen years building models
1: today. Twenty-four <laughs> years
2: still build building models. I well,
1: got four of those older, already. So I've got and four of those already. So, yeah. How long have that. we been doing this now? We've been doing Podcasting.
2: this for. Uh, you've been doing this for two years. I've been doing this for a year and a half. So
1: it's like four years of playing, and I, I, like, I invested in over time i brought bought marines and then kind of dropped them because it became too much to handle the subscription service essentially spinning wheel of it so now i just play eldar who haven't had as many updates in 25 years so i'm okay <laughs> yeah,
2: have they had any actual new models the incarn would be the last one i guess um Shredders.
1: uh
2: yeah that was a new unit yep yep like uh, but yeah like i do marines I do Votan, and I do used to be Admec now it's sisters, because Admec has just made me angry for the last <laughs> couple of years. Um, and then I have Custodes and Knights as the, I need a pallet cleanser, I'm going to bring Knights to an RTT. That's
1: reasonable. Only Knights is
2: pretty I low know. commitment as well. It's like, yes. do you have five? I, have, I have ten models. And I can run whatever I want. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's basically the Eldar, Trifecta, and Tyranids at this point are yeah. the armies that I collect. It's a good
2: combo to have, and don't forget your world leaders.
1: I do. Oh, yeah, I do forget them because I haven't gotten them on the table, like physically to play them yet.
2: Chapter House. There's something else back. All right. Next question. Chapter House, I will never forgive you for what (laughs) happened to my turn. (laughs) I (laughs) X. Right.
1: Um. Scott M asks, can you give a rundown? Uh, We did the rundown of the new show. Please go back to the plugs at the beginning. We played and even a trailer for the show. Um, (laughs) What's the plural of ravioli is Tom's question.
0: Raviolis
1: ravioli's i assume that's probably it maybe an italian person can tell us what the plural of ravioli is and we'll just accept it's, that as Anthony's question. not
0: here so we're not qualified to answer this question i'm really sorry ravioli, man most italian plural
2: form singular raviolo oh, oh so it's
1: there you one, go. Ravioli, one ravioli
2: no, it's one raviolo or multiple ravioli. ravioli
1: but nobody's ever eaten a single raviolo in their life it's always you ravioli don't- <laughs> Actually, they do make giant what is like What is a calzone but them? For one raviolo. <laughs> Man, we're going to go back to the cube rule of food, and we're not going to talk about that today. Um, question mostly for Jeremy. How do you go about adjudicating he said, she said issues with playing by intent when judging?
2: So I'm going to finish reading the second half of that because this actually does... is, is kind of I was situation. trying
1: to see where it was, yeah. but you can yeah.
2: Pour it. Competitive play obviously heavily relies on players agreeing on intent, but if a player suddenly changes their mind when the judges come and say, can only see the true board state, how can we as judges begin to address the issue when we haven't been around for the intent discussion? This is a difficult one, and it's something that I have had to adjudicate a couple <laughs> times. Um, the I'll bring answer in 10 David's there's no perfect way of doing this. If you have an established relationship with both players, it becomes a little bit easier because you can ask both of them. And this is where things get really interesting. And I'm going to actually dive a little bit into the, the the game theory, philosophy, whatever um, psychology, but this is like, if two players are at a a crossroads, let's say for example, that they agreed at the beginning of the game that, you know, I'm deploying this such, you move eight inches, you can't shoot this thing because you can't see it. They both agree on this. I'm not present at the table. I walk away. I come back to the table, and they say, "Oh, hey, um, yeah," you know, and, and and they're arguing. And I was like, "Okay, explain the situation. What can I do to help?" And they'll, you know, the the defending player will be like, uh, "He helped me. He agreed with me that if I place this here, he wouldn't be able to see it." And the other player says, "Well, I can clearly see it from this position. I move my model, and I can see it. And you know, you know, I can." I could do one of two things. I could rule the board state as it is, ignoring the fact that there was an intent discussion. I feel like this is the wrong answer. The other one is, I can ask, all right, so your opponent here has said that you two agreed on this earlier. Is that true? They have two answers. First one is, they acknowledge, yes, I agreed that I could not see it, but then when I moved the model, I could i'll say well you guys agreed on the intent of this you position that model such that it couldn't be shot it cannot be shot what if it turns out the intent was impossible and they got it wrong that's a more difficult one but it's also one of these things where the discussion it, you know whether the intent is possible or not we can actually back that up and i can be like okay well if he does this and your model was there can you see it and we can spend a few a couple minutes on the player who wants to shoot's turn being like, is this possible?
1: I've definitely been in that situation where somebody has said my intent is to hide something from you. And because I can't physically move the model back and forth because I might be like not aligned perfectly, have then moved the model to the spot and been like, but I can see you. Do you want to change how you moved? That's better.
2: That is the proper that, that in my mind is the proper response on the attacking players position. The other answer that the attacking player can give is no, we didn't agree on that. And then my next question is, are you accusing your opponent of being a liar? <laughs> Fuck, I love that. <laughs> I do love it. And if it's the first time that I've been called to this table and I know nothing about the two players, that usually stops the situation right then and there and they, and they, and they will come to an agreement of, okay, maybe I couldn't see it. And just play the game. Because the biggest thing when it comes to adjudicating difficult table situations isn't always necessarily having the exact right answer, but having an answer that will that both players will be comfortable with at the end of it. If the both the real goal are, of
0: judging is to keep the game going.
2: Keep the game going, keep the game going smoothly, and if anyone's the bad guy, it's you. Or Games Not, Workshop, one of the two. or Yeah, Games Workshop usually, because it'd be like, yeah, that's just how the rule works, I'm sorry, but that's... I can explain it to you as best I can, but I didn't write it. Unfortunately, I would love to change that. Um. Yeah, it's intent. Judging is always a difficult one. Now, if I get called back to that table again and the one player says, hey, we agreed on this and the other opponent says. No, I didn't. And I go, are you calling your opponent a liar again? And they again say yes. Well, then maybe there is actually, you know, the other player is just trying to weaponize intent. Because we do mm-hmm. that does happen sometimes. Uh, or the other player is just has zero morals whatsoever and just wants to win the game at any cost. You also sometimes sometimes there's things of like,
0: you never agree on like you never agreed on the intent. You're like, I'm putting this so that I so that I think it can be out of range and that you just never say anything because you're you know trying to angle shoot it. Don't be that person.
2: That's a different thing. And angle shooting is actually something that is in the uh, it's frontline gaming's code of conduct, but it's you it's referred to as the ITC code of conduct. Uh, and most most events will link to it basically angle shooting is defined as there's basically it's not cheating but it's against the spirit of the game the premise behind it basically being offering incomplete or partially correct information um you know all right how far do you move what's your threat range finish uh those are different questions but how far do you move what's your threat range on say uh unit of black knights
0: uh i have no idea are they like movement 14 with all advanced six i bet they don't even have that because they, they don't have auto advanced six and they only move 12 now
2: can we say, i know that it's say, not necessarily enforced properly i'm just using it as an example because let's it is bound. enforced at my events hmm. look i'm sorry about the black knights can we move on <laughs> <laughs> anyways i was using them as an example because Black Knights in the Ravenwing detachment have the ability to advance and shoot. So if I say I move 12 inches and my guns are 18 inches and you say, okay, I'm at 30.1, you can't shoot me, and I don't say anything, that's angle shooting. Because I can advance and I roll a number It's also one. angle
0: shooting if you if you just hear them say that and then... And then you don't go, oh, remember, I can, like, I can advance and shoot, right? There's there's whole spectrums of angle shooting. Don't be that guy. Win the yeah. game by beating your
2: opponent or dicing them. Don't win yeah. the game by not telling them <laughs> rules or relying on fun to misunderstanding. Just, like, just outplay your opponent. Don't try to out-clever your opponent. Yeah.
0: It's okay for your opponent to make mistakes. It's not okay for them to make mistakes because of incomplete information. Yeah. One of the or things that ask... I
1: biased, like, the thing about 40k is that you have perfect information because everybody has codexes. That anybody can read. You don't get to buy a codex. Like from a vault. That is like the only copy of that codex. For you then <laughs> to sit there. Across from your opponent. And be like this is my only copy. To be fair oh, the
0: app does kind of make me feel like that's actually uh, the case. Yeah but, but
2: you, there are other options available to you. I don't endorse them. But there are other options available to you. That present the exact same information. And yes Chris Irvine puts it perfectly. It comes down to the smallest rule in all games. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah, I do love no that. want to play with you, and eventually for it, you'll yeah. be asked to stop oh. attending tournaments at places that actually enforce it. Except that. the frontline events, obviously. Um, okay, let's move on.
1: Longer discussion there. Logan Logan has a question that I don't know if we can answer, although I can answer it in a funny way, which is what's the new Karn kill count? Not a whole wagon, according to my game. <laughs> Jeremy. <you> got <laughs> I got about that game. That was three great. chosen
0: last time I played against him because I kept on Contempting whenever he made combat.
2: He is only AP2, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was the same game that three eight by unfield, three exalted eight by failed to heal the blue scribes. Yeah, Ash has a perfect example here. Say we can do X Strat and an Enhancement. No, and then proceeds to do X. And that's just straight up lying, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't lie in 40k. Like I would generally recommend a gainstein. Like <laughs> don't a, lie, so don't know? provide partial information. You don't have to give away your game plan. Yeah. You're like, but you can no- say I'm, say, I'm moving the these guys no here, so I have an 11 inch charge into those guys. Can you move?
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let's keep going. Yep. Um, Ethan asks a question that's actually about this topic, which is, is the monolith really that controversial? It seems like they talked for a hot minute about strats and cosmic precision before starting.
2: I feel like it was not the best etiquette, but... I think that it was a high-stakes game. Both players retired. Laura explained the, the cosmic precision strat. um, And... This is where things get a little eh. Folger said that he had screened out the nine. Um, He had bumped his own model, which was unfortunate, uh, while he was measuring something and put it back. So then when things were measured off the monolith, it might not have been correct. But he also specified that he had screened out the nine for something to drop back there, not nine inches off of his autark. Because if he had screened nine inches off of his autark to the edge of the board, the monolith doesn't fit because the monolith is just over six inches wide. Um the bigger issue kind of at play here is <sighs> Folger had pointed out that he had screened for a unit deep striking and then firing fading onto his objective. That was the so he was aware of the three inch. He didn't check whether a monolith was, and he should have actually said, Hey, if I screen the nine, can a monolith fit here? But if you just said I screen the nine, and I also screens that if you three inch and then fire and fade, I can, you can't get on the objective. Yeah,
0: this isn't a, this isn't a Gripondo situation. Like there are I there don't are nuances to this. Like I could see the argument of Matt probably should have pointed it out, or like the altar was half a millimeter out, you nudge it back because it wasn't doing well.
2: Like I get it. There were and that's of, the thing. Good sportsman. Again, this is game 10, this is LVO, you've been it's playing game for 10. three days straight. It's also, it's the LVO finals, I think you're allowed to expect the higher
0: quality of opponent and to like, you know, to have planned properly and to do the right things, even if it is game 10. So yeah. I don't think there's a, there's a clear answer to this, I don't think anybody should be suggesting there is a clear answer to this. It's kind of a, it happened, discuss it as you want, but don't make a big deal about it, like it's an interesting situation, it's not a, like burn down their houses or this guy that. was right, this guy was wrong.
2: If Laura hadn't rolled boxcars on the on the monolith save against the incarnate melee, the monolith dies right then and there, and Laura probably loses the game. Yeah, and does it matter? Yeah, at that point, right? It's yeah. only interesting because of the future. Because of the sequence of well. events that led to that specific point, that the monolith is interesting. Because that yeah. monolith play was a very high risk play.
1: And it is interesting to talk about it like as we talk about the way that intent works and discussions around intent with a really high level example, but it also can tell you that there aren't necessarily always going to be clear cut answers for intent in those situations because intent can be complicated. And like there's a lot that happens in a game of 40k. Um, Not all answers are going to be easy for intent. Um, and this is one of the more complicated ones that I've seen personally as well and yeah. like in said this isn't worth Burning Matt Laura's house down or getting into a big flame war and grabbing pitchforks or something about it Because it is complicated. and There's a lot of nuance in this it situation.
2: opens a better discussion about what it means to play by intent What it means to make sure that yeah. you are yeah. respecting the play, the spirit of the game um, Another example that came up in the game and this is something that you know irked me more than anything else um, was uh, it, was, it came to light that Matt Laura had been using the Chronomancer ability. So anyone who doesn't know Chronomancer's data shoot ability is that once leading a unit after the unit is shot, it can then make a normal move. Um, Laura had been using that uh, ability without ever having resolved any shots with the unit. And that was because earlier in the weekend, a judge had told him that he could do it, even though the FAQ for the event specifically said you couldn't. In the final game, he did that. His opponent called him out on it. Judges confirmed, no, you aren't allowed to do that. He said, I've been doing that all weekend to let a judge had told them otherwise and they fixed the situation right then and there but it was just one of these things where like this is also why you need to make sure that your judge team is all on the same page that your judge team is all on the same level and that they are being consistent with their rulings and their implementation
1: of things 100 there's a lot Again, of conversation nothing against
2: Laura he was doing what he was allowed to do what he was told he was allowed to do yep
1: I think it's more useful as a talking point like Jeremy said and not to like cast blame or aspersions on anybody. All right, let's yeah. go to the next question, which is Logan. Oh, God. Another fun judge question. As a TO, so what can you do when a judge makes an incorrect call, but the game is already over? What can you do as a player?
2: So this has happened a couple times. It depends on how long after it has been happened. Um, I have made a couple of these mistakes. Um, my first approach is always to tell both of the players the mistake that I made and apologize to both of them because... It was my mistake to make. Um, resolution. It again. It depends. Like if it's if the event is well and over and prizes have been handed out, it's make a note to not make that mistake again and try to see if there's anything that the players would like me to do to make it up to them. Um. And there's usually you know usually it's just have a discussion about how we can make sure that this doesn't happen again because that was what came that was what came out of one of the events one of the times that this happened at an event. Um. And another one this was actually in five check. Um. It was just a really weird ruling that none of us really could agree on. So I thought, like, this is how it is. And then today I was showed, no, that's wrong. And I was like, not entirely agreement, but that's the way it is. You know, it's been ages since then. Um, depends on how much of an impact it had on the game. Generally speaking, most people aren't comfortable with, re- with rolling back games. Um, like if you're playing a TTS game, you could do that easily. But if you're playing like a physical game and you're like three battle rounds later, you can go, well, there was a wrong judge call made in turn one. How much is the impact you can't really roll it back you just kind of have to keep playing it um the biggest thing from the judge's perspective is just making sure that they don't make that mistake or similar mistakes in the future
0: yeah realistically
2: it's a it's a learning moment like there's it's unfair to the player who was
0: done it but you also the player who was benefited didn't do it intentionally um it's not like you can like there's no there's no there is no solution Um, it's just a have the conversation if you I if say, it if was game-breaking. if you're
2: interested in more of the judging side of things and more on how to handle things like this, um, uh, the FEQ, which is the French ETC Qualifier Organization, um, they run the largest team and singles events outside of LVO and I think maybe LGT. Um, and they have a very comprehensive judging guide that covers penalties, that covers how rules should be handled, that covers uh, how things should be handled when judges misstep, all of that. Um, it's in French. Um, we're currently working to translate it and bring it over to English to use it for um, the events that we run locally, uh, because it's just good to have that kind of thing. They've done a lot of really good work. I've talked with Monsieur Beau, who's the head of the FEQ, um, and he's really grateful that others are using it, because uh, it's just an amazing resource. So once we have that translated, we'll probably throw it up on the StatCheck website, just as and then a link to the FEQs, um, because it is a very very good tool. Uh, and it does talk through things like, how do you handle it when a ref makes a missed call? How do you handle it? Uh, there's there's a fun one. How do you handle it when a ref gives players early list info? How do you, do you handle that? Events? <laughs> all right. Uh, but yeah, gonna... uh, Quintero them the it's a game. Drive on. Um,
1: refs make bad calls in professional sports all the time. It's fun to get mad and at refs. It is. It's really also, like, something you need to consider about yourself is, like, did that mistake really cost me a game or not?
2: Sometimes and, it does.
1: And sometimes it does. And is it worth penalizing your opponent over a mistake that a third party made in the process if they didn't have any part in that mistake being made? Well, right? Just never call a ref, guys. It's fine. Um, hey, no, get us, us involved
2: early and often. I want to be bouncing around the tables when I'm in an event.
1: We have now at our rtt's a speech every single time to remind players because we have a lot of new players it's like the first thing that we tell players as a to and a judge team is if you need a to just call us we're not there to be like a source of conflict between you and opponent just ask for us come over and we get asked all the time now at our events to come over and talk about rules and stuff like that usually my first question is what does the rule say because sometimes The easiest answer to the question is when they read the rule back to themselves (laughs) and then they realize that there's something there. That's not always the case.
2: That's the most fun. I like doing that. I was like, give me your tape measure. And also, opponent, give me your tape measure. Can going to make sure that the, they actually measured the same thing.
1: I have never had somebody ask me to do that, but I do mostly do RTD. It's like
0: 75% of my judge calls are like, did yeah. you measure if I made this charge or not? Sure. Yeah.
1: Like, well, I not actually, the good players will
2: ask before they make the charge roll. Mm, uh, it's less fun.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god this one was brilliant have a problem so confusing the ref needs to call a ref i, I forget I what the exact context was but I've... alex and i had like the weirdest situations uh the weirdest situation where we had to get we got like the ref over the ref got a ref over we went and got the head ref so alex and i went outside for
2: a bit because <laughs> we like, i had that happen at wcw situation, good luck I called over. Oh, I can't remember his name now. And I feel terrible. I called over one of the refs, who was one of the FEQ guys, uh, at the at the the World Champs Warhammer in Atlanta. I called him over and was talking to my opponent. I was like, "I don't think this works this way." And if it does, it's a huge boon to me. But how does this work? And this was dealing with ruthless efficiency, which is you yeah. know, hand out the extra tokens. How do you how do you handle when an attached unit part of it dies?
0: Yeah, we had like a, I think it was like a a conditional heroic depending on different charge values depending on whether a unit was dead or not and i was like could you tell me if this is possible under this condition this condition this condition and this situation if i use this stratagem because i'm only going to do it if all of these things are true because it was like if Canis rex didn't hit a double six charge and my repulsor wasn't already dead would my death knights nights be guaranteed to be in a position where they could forward if i rapid ingress them now and it was like could you guys measure that for me also it's a repulsor, which means that it's measuring and it was measuring to the base at the time not the hull yeah. so it was like just like 17 levels of mess it was like where can you make base contact where can't you make base contact there were models in the way. horrible awful situation i uh,
1: cannot recommend uh,
0: the judges I have messed- were
1: wonderful i've messaged jeremy on at least one occasion at while at an event judging it and been like you know what let me call a friend <laughs> i've got a, i've got one better piece anyway so at the wcw
2: <laughs> call the ref over he looked at he looked at the two he looked at the rule and went hold on a second and then goes over and i just walk at, at, at I, I, the clock's on me so i don't care um because the game is you know plenty of time i'm actually playing um uh in brocklehurst from the from the static discord lovely game that we had Uh, and we just watch as five refs huddle around talking about how this interaction works come back they give me the news that yes the rule works and the thing that is severely in your favor which is all rules triggered when a unit is destroyed so you kill part of an attached unit that has the has the ruthless efficiency tokens on it you get your bonus cp next command round and because of persisting effects they keep their tokens Um, but anyways at um there was a there was a GT here in Ottawa that I was not present at and I was not involved with. That I got a cell phone call from two players in attendance and then from the TO trying to adjudicate a, an issue that had arisen on the finals on stream. First of all, getting
0: a getting a phone call in general is powerful. What the fuck is going on, energy? Imagine, <laughs> like if I get a phone call, like I immediately shit myself. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I only answer the phone at this point if somebody calls me twice or if it's somebody I know is only calling me if they need something. Yeah.
2: And yes, Alex I, I that need, is a, I need a perfect text. gem of why uh, yeah. example of why Ennis is a gem to play. I need you to
1: give I need
0: you to give me a text in order to let me know that you're going to call me. That's where I'm at.
2: <laughs> I was watching the stream at the time, so I, I I immediately went, Oh, this is gonna be interesting. I wonder how they handle this. And then my Facebook Messenger, because it wasn't a phone call, it was a Facebook messenger call, start going off and I go. Oh, that's how they're handling it. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. All right, we're going to go to the next question, which is Scott's question. Any hopes for the slate? Like, in changes, or do we have hope for really the
2: slate?
1: This. <laughs> get me out, man. Get
2: me out. <laughs> knock down Eldari, knock down CSM, probably knock down Voten, maybe trim a little bit off of sisters. Just I'm not hoping. at
0: 54% win rate. Chill. Yeah, but the
2: thing is, as soon as you start knocking other things Chill. down, they start coming up um i'm not expecting any changes to necrons but i would love to see changes to wraiths and satans
1: how do you pronounce that word satan is it satan Catan? satan i don't know it's we need a judge we need a we need a judge call where we can call somebody because it's not settlers of Catan. look to me man i've been calling it settlers of Catan forever
2: No, it is, but, like, it has the A in there, whereas uh, the Transcendent okay. doesn't have an A in there, so... Catan are bigger mm.
1: Pokemon copyright infringement than Power World is, and I'm leaving it at that. That is not even remotely true, and we can have a longer discussion about that at a different time. <laughs> um, all right. Is there anything weird you want to be viable post-Slate? Tyranids? Um, I would Tyranids love the Court of the... viable. You be quiet. I want the Court of the Archon to be viable. It That'd
2: does have cool. some very cool rules. So, yes, yeah. I agree with that. Um, of what I currently have, I want robots to be good for admec. Like
0: Brian like, already quite likes those, so the maybe, Castellans. Yeah, Brian was telling me he still he was running for them and all of the, in his list of adnik. The like the best list of adnik he's found. So
1: somebody, somebody at our RTT is running just Castellans, basically. And it's
2: winning by more than ten.
1: <laughs> Anthony, I played
0: CSM at a practice this weekend and I twenty niled somebody. It felt so good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, quick yeah, Like the yeah, is fine. Yeah, touch 15 points sheet. off and it's probably great. Yeah. yeah. That's the difference between a good to a great data sheet, though, right? Yep. I would like them to be great. Um, And give
2: custodies and knights some love for Cliff's sake. No. Do I didn't say no. make them good. I just said no. give them some love. No, 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 no. They no, got to no, feel no, like they're doing better. Again, no. feel like they've been heard, no, not necessarily fix the problem. No, don't do
0: okay.
1: it. All right, we're going to go to the next question. Uh, Eric has a question. I don't think he's had a question in a while, uh, which is high stat check. I've Anthony won my gets, lo- last it. five local RTDs in a row. Am I bullying my local group and should I just go to a GT already? Any advice for that particular transition?
0: Uh, just do it. You'll be fine. Um, also, consider sandbagging your list a little bit and trying some stuff instead of just playing the best thing you have access to um, to try and up the challenge, challenge yourself. Yeah, Matter. take fifteen hundred points.
1: Not even playing Eldar. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next question from Chris is: How many monoliths will Manny run now?
0: None, because he's running eighteen race Manny cannot Thanks. physically play on a board that allows, to, allows a monolith to be played. Let's be real: <laughs> the UKTC and WTC boards do not, and the glasshammer terrain is very. You similar can play to, a monolith like, on WTC boards. You cannot shut you up. 100%
2: can. We've been testing in it. In you fun. can. Yeah, in hyperquick. Sure, Crypt, in Hyper it's so much fun. I, I mean, okay, in Canada,
0: where your opponents don't screen you, I'm sure it's wonderful. But for the rest of the world, where we play against people with brains, <laughs> so about that
1: scrim, Innis. In <laughs> <laughs> Which one of you and guys placed higher last year events. in the WTC, though? Yeah. Scotland did? Yeah. yeah.
2: Thanks okay. for that one. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm
1: just let. I'm just ending this early so that we don't have to listen to Innes trash talk for another twenty minutes. <sighs> I don't think right, there's going go to
0: go material on Canada. We're going to go have to be things all... we're talking about. Innes,
1: in. Innes, Innes.
0: Okay.
2: I'm sure it'll be Chris Haynes in a practice game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I scored him. In, super... Sorry, 19 or... won him in our last game. So yeah, sure, you could. God damn
0: it! <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Is it's very accurate trash talk. All right.
1: Uh, he thought custodians was a 10-10 things and a triple that spinner we've got Starred in the back chat, um, which <laughs> means that I need to amp, I need to ask them, or at least talk about them. Thank you, Tim Penny, for continuing to funnel funds through super chats. This time, a dollar ninety nine for the stat Check Monolith Fund. I'll take it. I'll buy a monolith and paint it. I love that model. I don't know.
0: Sorry. Can we uh, get can we get some funds for the uh, Tim Penny having Wi Fi at tournaments in the UK? fund? so other people so he doesn't have to get people to book his uppers <laughs> for it. <him. laughs>
1: <laughs> next one is uh, a dollar ninety nine, also from Tim Penny, which is the Unseen Terrain Circuit uh, Super Chat, which I just wanted to say again because that's a really good change on that uh, that acronym. The next one is from Ash Lee Thompson. Question for those who understand statistics better than me: How do Necrons have such a good win rate if their Codex is over nerfed and garbage? <laughs> I mean, I think one of the hardest things about new Codexes sometimes is that sometimes you need to give up on data sheets that were good before. And unfortunately, Lich and Necron Warrior Silver Tide Blobs just aren't as good in the new Codex as they were in the Index originally. The oh. There you go. Also, I think the worst people to look at when judging their Codex is that initial reaction is people who love those factions. And there's always the cycle. It happens every single time. And right now, a bunch of Necron players are saying that their faction isn't good um, in hopes that they won't get nerfed um drukari went through it eldari players went through it csm players went through it.
2: it's also that little bit of cognitive dissonance of i'm winning games because i'm good not because my faction is broke
1: yes there's that undercurrent as well that is definitely there and like it's okay to win games because your faction is powerful ideally you are playing a faction because it wins games like one of the goals of playing 40k is to win games at the tournament level if you're playing crusade games, maybe it's fun to not win games. But if you're me, you want to take everything on that type tyrant and watch it kill God. But <laughs> um, the the another question is from RPG Luminary. Did you put a question in there for me to ask? So what you're saying everyone is wrong about DA? Maybe when the first Dark Angels thing came out with like transhuman, it like fell flat, even though people were saying it was super duper powerful, if I remember correctly.
0: Uh, it was Boston and teams. It was just not great in Drakari meta yeah um you know what i will believe dark angels are good when somebody even remotely sounds excited about that book because i have received a message going is there anything here and then every single results has been asriel's cool um
1: and then the question from rpg luminary thank you for the two dollar super chat uh is will StatCheck ever put on a major super major we have like been a sponsor for several things and we're a sponsor for a was california cup quite a super major i can't remember what that was all were players, anymore
2: so i can't qualify as a super major it was 100 plus players in eight yeah. rounds nine so rounds. we
1: sponsored we were a sponsor on that event so we have helped do stuff for those kinds of events we, we haven't even sponsored won WTC.
0: we're hopefully yep. going to be doing something cool in scotland at the end of the year which we'll be getting announced yep. in a couple all of a dust last
2: year and all this this year we're both yep. static partnered events so I don't know if
0: there will ever be stat check named stuff, but like I run a bunch of events in Scotland, like that are technically like under the stat check umbrella. Like there's plenty of things that are around it. It's just not sure that we're gonna we're never gonna have a the actual like stat check GT. I don't know if that's ever anything that'll be on the cards for us, because it's just kind of not where not our bread and butter. But we're happy to support cool things where we see them being done and around, or when they're being done by the the host of stat check outside of the stat check umbrella.
1: We do independently all run events, like Ines said. Ines is running tournaments in Scotland. Jeremy helps run tournaments in Canada yeah. and judges I them. And I, I run stuff on the RTT level in Chicago with a group. So, like, we all do stuff.
0: Obviously, the Poland boys do their events mm-hmm. in Poland. Like, there's plenty going on. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, do we have any more questions? Hatchet will continue on... to
0: do cool things. In,
1: um, I don't think I saw any more.
0: And yes, uh, AJ, I will be bringing them up tomorrow if I can get across the bridge because I am not convinced that's going to be possible right now with the weather.
1: Also, oh, getting the... icy rain
2: too?
0: No, we have that's like storms, like, like 60 mile an hour winds and stuff. It's, you know, mm. going all right.
1: What's a mile? But it's, it's about 11,
0: 11 lean, lean VSLs.
1: <laughs> it's 11 now, 11 lean no, lean 7 VSL. was a
0: kilometer, well, like we did the...
1: Yeah, RPG Luminary, if you like RTTs in Chicago, join the Grimdark Filthy Casuals group and we run RTTs in Chicago itself. Um, the really funniest about- thing about WTC was seeing the stat check logo next to Red Bull. It <laughs> and I was so like, well, fantastic, I have a picture One of Apple. these things is not like the other. It doesn't yeah. feel like it belongs even Red remotely. Bull has <laughs> terrible
0: st- st- trash talk tr- tr- compared to us.
1: And it's just once to get in a twitter fight with somebody who's not some like far right oh this is actually a good one
2: on. uh quintero grows uh, texting dudes on stream with real stuff um generally speaking my my rule of thumb is that and this this is actually really difficult because um so many people are using tabletop battles i use it for scoring um it's a tough one um look, so i actively something... play marvel stop during my opponent's turn so sorry i'm i'm constantly using my phone to look up rules to basically be like, hey, this is because you know it's the only way that I'm gonna double check that I know what my opponent can do without like bothering them while they're playing. It'd be like because I I if not when before I would before I had like either access to Wikipedia or now uh the, the app, it was always a matter of like it would be my limited questions of hey can you, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this, can you just can you do this? You kind of just have to take it on trust nowadays, yeah. unfortunately. Like um... if someone is like very clearly getting messages and then are bringing something up after the fact you you have to address that and maybe take their phone away broadly if you're texting during the game you probably have something for, like it's okay if you like respond
0: to a message or something but like you yeah. know keep it chill like you're you are also playing a game with with somebody like
2: yeah it's it it's very much the honor system if someone wants to do that and it's also one of these things where, like if someone sees something on stream and this is Kind of one of the things where i I disagree somewhat with Joe. Uh, if something is seen to be done wrong on a stream and the and the chat is saying, "Hey, what about this? A judge should be called immediately. By whoever it is that's doing the stream, I think there's a degree of like, what if the chat's just wrong about it, and like you're just like that's why you get a judge, a... and you'd be yeah. like, hey, I know, but it seems to it's have been done. a
0: lot of judge time for not a lot of calls. Sure, but when like,
2: I run yeah. events and I have a stream, I have a judge that I just park at the table and say, your job is to table boss. You are going to watch the table. Yeah. You're going to be a third set of eyes. You're going to have chat in on your phone, and if anything comes up, you're going to negotiate it. You're going to make sure it's adjudicated. The chat's going to be aware that there's a judge at the table, and then there's no issues. It's an extra judge body, but if you're going to run a stream you really should especially when it's a stream that's viewed by thousands of people because that's how witch hunts start yeah
1: it's a good way Play to cut off some of that really stuff stressful. before it happens
2: oh yeah playing on stream is super stressful I do not enjoy doing it cool I think that is <laughs> it for us for the week
1: yeah
0: why don't you roll us out Ennis alright uh, what do you do if Dice Suspect? Um suspect test them call a judge sorry there is no more to that Alright, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us for episode 76. Sorry about the monolith. We have had over 100 viewers going with us live today, which is really awesome. Thank you for being with us. As always, remember to check out all the stuff that we plugged earlier. That's YouTube, Patreon, Red Dragon, and Yutani, Saltar Games, End of the Matrix, XM1, our brand new show, Take All which you can see the advert for during the, during the show, or you can check it out on YouTube and also stat-check.com slash coaching. We hope you've had a wonderful time with us this evening. We will be back on Tuesday next week. We will have an extra one episode on Thursday at 3 a.m. UK, 10 p.m. US EST, something like that. It's always a really awkward time for me. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us. Good luck at the tournament if you're out at this weekend, unless you're at Glass Vegas, in which case I hope you get smashed. Um, That's all I got. Nathan, anything to say?
1: Bye bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.